Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, David Sandler, joined, as always, by the Joey McIntyre. To my Jordan Knight, it's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? I don't know. Am I the one who looks like a horse? No, no, no. And our very own Donnie Wahlberg. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how are you doing? Ooh, the bad boy of the group. The Oh, yeah. The guy who threw something and threw some glass because he was the punk rock new kid. Hey, married uh, Jenny McCarthy. You would have been, oh. He's a bad boy. Bad, the original anti-vaxxer. Hey, real quick, uh, Donnie. All right, Wahlberg. I'm looking at a picture, and you're 100 percent right. Eric. Thank you. You win. Thank you, Donnie. Donnie Wahlberg. By the way, no joke. He is uh, one of the greatest actors of all time, if not for one role, because he is the guy who uh, makes Bruce Willis a ghost in The Sixth Sense. Spoiler. So okay, like where the, does the Donnie... crazy person at the beginning of that movie? That's Donnie Wahlberg. Okay, where does Donnie rate among the brothers? Is he the worst of the three? Because Paul Wahlberg does Paul Wahlbergers, right? Oh, so yeah. he's that's the pretty ultimate. Cool. He, like, that's he pretty came good. in way later, though. So I'm, I got to say, you got to put Donnie right in the middle. He started the Wahlberg dynasty. You can't put him last. I think you got to put Mark first, and then, but then obviously, but then I don't know, man. I'm thinking Wahlburgers might be better than anything Donnie's put out in the last. I like, don't know, man. Donnie years. had the right stuff, though. <laughs> this is a "What have you done for me lately?" kind of thing, Eric. And right now, he has the unemployed stuff you you weren't you weren't happy about the thankful ep that that the uh new kids put out in 2017 thankful wait that's vanilla ice uh wait <laughs> did, isn't donnie Wahlberg? didn't he uh didn't isn't he on like csi 27 or whatever i have no idea no. all right well welcome anyway, back we're... to from the Wahlberg. Yeah. During the off season, we're going to try out some different recording days. We're starting with Sunday, so welcome into the uh, I don't know fully awake version of this podcast, I guess, <laughs> compared to usual. Uh, Seahawks Seahawks had a, a, a slow news week. Uh, one big story that came out though, uh, in my mind, because Jake Heaps is the voice of, uh, of of Russell Wilson in the media. He's the media mouthpiece of one Russell Wilson, and he's, he's the Whoopi Goldberg. Said, to uh to his ghost <laughs> one one thing he said this week was that russ uh we should extend russ and extend bobby and uh, i was like oh oh yeah russ want russ doesn't just want to stay <laughs> russ, russ really wants us to like push in and and make some some big moves so i i was pretty excited about that to be honest with you hmm uh so we're going to kind of dig into that idea later um, more, but I, I do think it's interesting, like the the the, di- the dichotomy with the national media feeds us a lot of stories about how Russ is going to get traded and the local media basically tells us the exact opposite, right? Yep. All our beat reporters, uh, the mouth of Russell Wilson, Jake Heaps, they all make it seem like he's going to s- stay forever. The people so who what do you- actually talk to Russell Wilson, yeah. <laughs> So what do you what do you guys what do you guys think uh, is uh, he stay or he go? Do we think is this a what we think is going to happen or what we want to happen? No, this is what you think is going to happen. Oh, like, geez. do you think do you who do you think's right? Do you think the national media and uh, and Rob Staten have the have the inside track here? Are they are they right? Russ is discontent and eventually that discontent is going to lead to him leading or is it just a normal level of like competitive discontent, right? Like when you come, when you're competing together as a team, you're going to have some friction, right? But that friction usually creates a, some, some positive progression. If you're, if we're all, if we're all smart, uh, you know, competent people. So that's it. Like, who do you think's right? Do you think the, the local media guys who are kind of saying like Russ isn't going anywhere? Like I got a longer they, comment on this, Eric. So do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Cause okay. I think it'll probably uh, outline yours a little bit. I'll fall somewhere in the middle because I didn't think 
a year ago that Russ was unhappy more than like, man, I really want to win. Um, when he said he was sick of getting hit all the time, that made me say like, but but wait, it's that's not all our offensive line's fault, especially the year given that you said it. It didn't make sense to me. And then his agent came out and said, well, he doesn't want to be traded. But if he was, here's his menu list, uh, which is never good to hear. So um, I'd love to trust Jake Heaps and say, yeah, yeah, Russ can stay here forever. But uh, I, I have no idea. Uh, I do think the media is making some stuff up, but we don't know what goes on inside the head of five foot three Russell Wilson. Uh, so I'll throw it to Kevin now. All right. So a relationship between a quarterback and a head coach is like any other relationship. And so let's talk to it in those terms. If you're 10 dates in six months in, maybe a year in, and uh, one person's talking about, you know, all the things they could do if they weren't with that person, that probably means it's the end of the relationship. Mm. But when you're 10 years in, you got solid foundations, you bought a house together, you know, um, you have a lot of the same friends. Uh, you uh, you spend a lot of time, you put a lot of, uh, uh, let's call it sweat equity into the relationship. Then those conversations are a little different. And I think that's what we're seeing here is national media is looking at it like, you know, Russ is heading into the end of his first contract. And, uh, you know, he's kind of unhappy with things. They're looking at it like the Kyler Murray situation. Um, this is not that. This is a quarterback who is a decade in, who has foundations in the community, who um, his career is intricately tied to the franchise. And um, to kind of extricate himself from that is uh, like that that would take a lot. Um, and so usually it requires both the player and the team kind of being ready. Uh, when Tom Brady left, it was because the Patriots weren't willing to kind of put in what they needed to in order to keep him. They didn't when, trust him for like another three years. Yeah. Yeah. When Rivers left, it was because the team was ready to move on. When uh, Peyton Manning left, it was because after the uh, neck injury, they had luck. They're ready to move on. Um, that's not the situation here. This is a, uh, a long-term relationship between uh, two people. Maybe they're having a little bit of a midlife crisis. You know, uh, Russell Wilson wants to change his hair, um, look young, new, and hip, uh, maybe by convertible. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that doesn't, mean that, uh, that doesn't mean that he's leaving the franchise. And when you have all the people that actually talk to people that are with the team, that talk to Russell Wilson, that um, would have a reason to have as close to insider knowledge as you're going to get circulating the media, all saying like, mm, we don't really see a reason why a trade's going to happen unless something happens in the front office to make it so that um, Russ no longer feels wanted by the team. I don't see a reason why I should believe that he's leaving. So I think it's extremely unlikely that he's going to be traded. Okay. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, there, the thing is, at the end of this year, we can franchise him twice and he'd still be like a pretty decent value. So we have him for the next three years, right? Like um, two years, three like, years? At which point he's three like 38. Years, yeah. Which is the next point he's 37. Like I think that, and we'll talk about this later, it's probably in his best interest to lock up a, a long-term deal at this point or to get into the phase of his career where he's focused on, you know, not 
taking, uh, getting the best contract ranking, but instead, you know, getting like, like Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers is, he's, he could, he, he could easily be the highest paid quarterback in the league, but he's not, he, he, he knocks a few bucks off his contract so they can keep Devonte Adams and keep signing good offensive linemen and stuff. Right. Like that, he, that I think rest of that phase career where he's going to have a top 10 contract, but not a top one contract. Right? It is he's, John LA Super Bowl, And he's, he's fine with making, he's fine with making less money than Dak Prescott because it's just I don't think that should be important for him anymore. Or the I mean, maybe... rumors of what Derek Carr is going to pull in. Exactly. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Um, okay. So let's. I want to touch on something really quick because Eric, you said Russ. Russ is focused on protection, right? And uh, I know me and Kevin have both started watching a little bit of of draft tape. Kevin, have you watched? And how many uh, tackles have you watched so far? Have you gotten pretty deep on your tackle list? Um, I've watched a few. I haven't uh, done depth scouting on. Uh, any of them yet but i've got an idea about a few of them so let me just say this charles cross is so good uh evan neal charles cross and iki akwanu i think they're the top three tackles for a reason like i think abraham i think abraham lucas should be in that conversation as well but the but uh charles charles cross uh it should be number one i think they should pick him first that's that's how I feel about it now. Now that I've like started really digging in, like I think that if they picked Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau over over Charles Cross, Jackson will be making a mistake. Like that, this isn't a good opportunity to pair up your premier. You already have good wide receivers on this team, right? Pretty good, pretty good weapons on Jacksonville. The thing you're really missing is great protection from Trevor for Trevor Lawrence, and that would instantly transform That'd be an their team. Upgrade, yeah, <laughs> it would instantly transform them way way forward in that regard anyway i my overall point though for seahawks is this is pretty deep tackle draft i think that there'll be a guy available at 210 that is borderline starter quality from day one and that is something that the seahawks probably should think about is um at deploying that pick on a guy who uh you know like tyler smith or something that you know made tyler smith super raw but you can you can mold him up or or take a guy with a, a more bigger you know more polished like a like a Nicholas Petit Frere or whatever. Like there's a bunch of guys that I think will be available that you could you can like Yeah, there's a lot of day two tackles. Abraham Lucas, uh Nicholas Petit Frere, um uh Darian Kennard uh from Kentucky, who I think is more of like a road grading right tackle, but still like would be an instant offensive lineman. Max Mitchell from Louisiana. And there's like a lot of guys that that, that are borderline first rounder guys that could just fall to us, you know, like Penning and Raymond and Eze and uh, Walker, like all those guys are probably going to go in the late part of the first round. But if one of them falls, that's the one thing I'm just weird about this particular draft is that like, it's pretty light on guys. I think are clear, like first round talents, but it's pretty heavy on guys that I feel like are round two slash three guys like heavier than normal. Where so a lot of people are like, oh, this draft sucks, like it's the worst draft. And this might be have been the right draft to lose like pick 10 because the difference between 10 and 20 is probably a lot smaller than usual. Usually a draft has about 15 really good guys. And I think this one might have like nine. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's it's just it's just lower than usual. But the guys who are coming in, you know, 10 through 60 are are or, you know, 20 through 60 are way better than are significantly better in my opinion than normal. I'm, I'm actually getting really into the draft prep this year. And I, cause mostly cause we're out of the playoffs earlier. I think <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't make the playoffs. So I kind of got into the swing of it earlier, 
but uh it's 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 looking i'm i'm cautiously optimistic especially because the positions that we need edge rusher and offensive tackle have some pretty good depth and that is nice that's nice for us it's, it, it's worked out well um i hope we can figure it out are you guys ready to get into our uh, our, our main event here the uh, the big segment i planned always ready. absolutely all right so uh, going into this offseason, the Seahawks are going to have $35 million in cap space. Uh, we have $10 million in dead money, but we rolled over about $10 million in cap. So balanced out to uh, <laughs> that balanced out. And then so we have about $35 million in cap space to approach. We have a lot of guys under contract, actually already 49 guys under contract right now, which means including a new addition, Darwin Thompson. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Future contract, uh, yeah. Fa- yeah. Fantasy, fantasy legend Dar- Darwin Thompson. You remember that one year <laughs> where like the internet was just hyping this guy up, and I picked him in the last round of like every draft, and then cut him after week one in every single league because he was nothing. Yeah, that, that um, sounds like a that sounds like fantasy in your dynasty league. It's it may or may not, and probably won't harm you at all this year. But you never know. Yeah, so Darwin Thompson is a South Tech, but we we have forty nine guys under contract though. This team does not need to go. Uh, at eight mental in, in free agency to, to fill up the roster. They will be able to fill the roster with just a few guys. And even the balance is pretty good consider, uh, considering positions played. Now there are guys like Aaron Donkor and Pierre Oliveira stage that you probably don't want to give a 53 man roster spot to, but if we have to, I mean, those guys are just Donkor is like going to be like a plus special teamer, right? If we do that, the stage is, is a breaking case of glass interior offensive lineman. Like this is not, um, they're not going to fill important roles. We we can we can fill five or six important roles with with the cap space we have, which is ample. But we can make more cap space. You guys ready? All right, here we go. This is a little game. You start off with thirty five million in cap space. You're going to leave today with a certain amount that next week you'll be able to use in free agency uh, to to sign to sign some guys. So this is all re-signings and restructurings. Okay, let's start with this. Um, there's only one guy on the Seahawks that's really a great cut candidate. Um, that when I and I consider someone a great cut candidate if. Their cap number is is substantial comparative to position, and you would save a substantial amount uh, off the cap. So the one guy you can cut is Jason Myers. Uh, Jason Myers is uh, five million dollars next year. If you cut him, you save four million dollars. So you're going to pay one million plus whatever like a rookie kicker makes. Like th- you'll pay one point five million for a rookie kicker. So uh, Eric, you going to cut Jason Myers? The god, the god, the kick, go, kicking Jesus, Autumn Myers. Oh yeah, like, you gonna the Nathan gonna, proclaimed Autumn Myers. Hey, he never missed a field goal last year. Two years ago, I mean the year the, the I meant like the year before. Yes. this year I guess the season is over. There Two was, years ago, he, there was a time where he was missing extra points but not field goals, and because of that, this year he made all the extra points but missed field goals. Yeah. So. <laughs> what will next year bring? Uh, you are darn straight. I'm cutting him. That's too much to pay for a kicker, especially a kicker that is not. Uh, Janikowski, who's very uh, amusing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Dude, I listened, I listened to a podcast. It's like, it was like a, someone suggested to me, they're like, you like, you think Janikowski's funny? You should listen to this. It's like, sports and crime podcast or something. I don't remember what the actual name of it is, but it's basically like a whole episode where they just ripped Janikowski for all the dumb legal stuff he did. That guy is insane. Like, <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I cannot stress to you, like, that guy, that guy's a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what he looked the, like. I mean, there was the time when the Raiders only. Are you are you stereotyping people. based on the way he looked? Because he looked like a cartoon supervillain. That's because he looked like he was just puffing cigs right before each kick. Like I'll just right? never forget the time he scored four touchdowns for Pokai. <sighs> oh boy. 
All right. <laughs> Apparently he had like a Brazilian soccer contract offered to him too, but he turned it down to play football because he's just like, you know, and he also has a really thick accent, which I never knew. Does he really? Um, <laughs> yeah, he's Polish. He was born in Poland. He has a, he has like a pretty decent. Anyway, whatever. Kevin, what do you, what do you, what do you, um, what do you got? Are you going to cut my Autumn Myers? All right. So 2018. 33 for 36 in field goals. 2019, 23 for 28. 2020, 24 for 24. 2021, 17 for 23. So, as you can clearly see by the trend, he is going to be nearly perfect next season because every other year he's really good. So, will I pay $4 million or basically three and a half more million dollars to have a top tier kicker? No. No, I won't. No, because kickers are the relief pitchers of the NFL and whoever we sign, we will probably get similar levels of production from. I I think I would rather have a rookie kicker plus like a nose tackle for the new three, four system. We're probably running. I, uh, I was thinking about this the other day is like, there's only really one kicker that's worth anywhere close to this amount of money. It's Tucker. Everyone else. It's like, like the kickers are worth like $2 million, even the really good ones. Like there's like one kicker who, who I feel confident about giving that much money to, because I know he's not going to go to, to trash every other kicker. It's like, there's a possibility that this guy will just be trash this year. And there's nothing, you know what I mean? And there's like nothing. It's kickers are weird. Kickers are weird. Yeah. You, you just, like Dan Carlson will suck for one team and then get picked up in like week three. Cause somebody's kicker got injured and then look like an all pro for that team for the rest of the season. Yeah. Because kicking is weird. Right, right, and Blair Walsh was like the kicking goat, and then he just like missed one field goal against us in the playoffs, and was never the same. Hey, never forget right? he like, won us a playoff game. Yeah, so it's super weird. All right, there is one other cut candidate um, that we could cut to save twenty six million dollars off the cap. Dude, that's a lot. That's a that's Russell Wilson. Mm. <laughs> Oof. <I> just, <laughs> Eric, Oof. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not me. we're not cutting Russell Wilson. Uh, okay, Eric. Uh, actually, let's do some restructures. Okay, Bobby Wagner is due twenty point three five million dollars this year. He's age thirty. He's going to be entering his age thirty two season. Um, so let's 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 talk to Jay Keeps. Jay Keeps. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sign. Uh, we're gonna extend Bobby. We're gonna rip up the current contract. We're gonna replace it with one that is three years, forty five million dollars, with thirty million dollars in guarantees. That means this year he'll make $10 million, next year 15, the following year 20. That will take him through his age 34 season. Uh, it will lower his cap hit by the $10 million this year, but also, you know, in 2024, you're giving him $10 million in guarantees. So a little scary at age 34 to do that. Eric, what do you think? You you gonna getting sign Bobby to this to this uh lover's extension? Or are you gonna I feel like that extension's fair for Bobby? It's it's saying, bro, we can't we can't pay you twenty million. I mean, come on, you're getting older, but we love you and we want to make sure that you're fiscally taken care of and that you're going to be with us forever. And that you know when you raise the twelfth man flag for some game against Carolina, that you know people aren't sad. Um, I like this deal. You I, can cut Bobby instead and save sixteen million that way. <laughs> Or you could just keep him. I think I think this is a keep for me. I think you do it because Cam Chancer taught us that you don't resign people, and <laughs> letting letting Shermie and Earl go taught us that maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. Um, 
for better or for worse. Yeah. But I because sure, Sherman was pretty good the first Sherman couple was years good, after we let him go. Sherman was also not happy here. Like he just Correct. his displeasure at life was kind of seeping through. And there's there's obviously you know something at play there. But you know it was like he'd worn out his he was wearing out his own welcome. Like you could t- just see it on him. Uh, yeah, I'm taking this deal, and I'm going to resign Bobby to this. You're going to extend him, all right? I am going to extend Ke- him. Kevin, you're going to extend Bobby, cut Bobby, keep Bobby at his current deal? What are you going to do? Uh, so what's the savings if we extend Bobby? Ten. The extension will save you 10. Cutting him will save you 16.6. Uh, and the, yeah, obviously, you could just keep him and pay him $20 million this year. Uh, I'm extending, and the reason I'm extending is because I feel like I feel like Bobby and Russ are our Super Bowl window. And so kind of extending them and having them kind of for the same window is just giving them that chance. Because when Russ goes, we're going to be in a rebuild anyway, and I don't care about $10 million in dead cap. The way that they're going to want to use their middle-of-the-field players, I think, is going to suit Bobby really well next mm-hmm. year. And so I'm, I hope that they extend him. Um, if they don't extend him, I hope they cut him. To be honest with you, I don't think keeping him at $20 million is the right move. Uh, cutting him and just saving the $17 million is... And then signing some budget linebacker is a perfectly acceptable option to me because you have Jordan Brooks kind of developing uh, adjacent to Bobby. More time for Derek's favorite player, uh, Cody Barton. I was I was just about to say like sign more Co- Cody Bartons. Great, great, uh, great call. I think you can do better than that. But <laughs> how dare you, me, you a year? Okay, ago. you want me? You want, do you want me? Do you want me to look at uh, some linebackers that are available? I mean, like you can go get. You know, um, this this guy, uh, Foyasade Olakun, the the tackle machine from Atlanta, get him for like nine million a year. You can go get, I don't know, there's guys out there that are just you can just fill that, plug that spot with. It's like also a like a round three or four pick can get you like a solid uh, inside linebacker. Yeah, you can fill it with like a Kaiser White. I mean, he's like not good, but also he's going to be like five. <laughs> he's not good. He's also going to be well, like six million dollars. You talked me into it. <laughs> Well, Kaiser Kaiser White is fine. He'd be fine in this defense. Like he was good in the Brandon Staley defense last year, which is probably closer to what we're going to try to run, I'd assume. And he, yeah, he's, he he kind of sucks, but he's also fine. He's okay. Russell Wilson, Super Bowl window, you say? Let's his, let's talk. His agent, if you will. <laughs> Russell. I mean, he's not going to make a lot of money. He's going to be like five to five to eight million dollars next year. To play like linebacker for, we're gonna get a cease and desist from this guy's agent. I don't know. Uh, These these teams just aren't after you. I don't know what I'm saying wrong. I had him. I had him in IDP fantasy two years ago because he was just racking up the tackles. Anyway, yeah, in the draft, there's like Darian Beavers, Chad Muma, um, a bunch of guys like that that are gonna be like round three or four that will also be able to step in and play significant snaps pretty well. All right, Russell Wilson. Obviously, extension is on the table for us. So let's talk extension. Right now, Russ is due to make $37 million this year and $40 million next year. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to extend him to the, basically the end of his career. We're going to give him a, a five-year deal with $100 million in guarantees, which is how, how we convince him to sign a five-year deal because – you're gonna have to if you're gonna if you're gonna get a guy to to do that, you're gonna need to up the guarantees quite a bit. So that's what I did. I gave him five one seventy five with a hundred million in guarantees. This will lower his cap hit by about fifteen million this year, and then it'll go like twenty five, basically twenty five thirty, thirty five forty, forty five um, to the end here. Uh, Russ now is taken care of for his career. He can focus on winning and winning only. He does not have to think about contracts ever again. I don't know if this is 
a super realistic contract. Um, I do think that Russ might think about doing something shorter than this, but either way, the guarantees are going to have to be really high. So you're going to have to um, push some money forward on, on the deal. Um, okay. I'm saying we could lower his cap hit by about $15 million this year by extending him though. The actual numbers of the contract don't really matter that much. I do think you could lower his cap hit by about $15 million into like the low twenties by extending him. So do you want to extend Russ, lower his cap hit, but make a big guaranteed money financial commitment to him? Kevin? I'm extending. Um, I guess in case I have not made it clear, I think that we have basically a three-year window and then like a three or four-year window and then it's going to be time to do a full rebuild. And if your team is cap-strapped and sucks when you go to start a rebuild, that's actually better for the rebuild. So I'm all about not trading away draft assets, but definitely like mortgaging our financial future. Okay. Eric, what do you think? Uh, Ditto to that. I don't want to get to a point where we think, you know, get rid of Russell Wilson. We can just sign some free agent. If not for Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll wouldn't have been here very long. I don't, I don't see how we get out of that Tavares Jackson trap. Um, You know, God rest his soul. Uh, And, (laughs) If you're if you're thinking about trading Russ for some some commodity that will bring us you know a Super Bowl, then that's a completely different conversation. But uh, that's not this conversation. So yeah, but Russ is the commodity that brings us. I yeah, I think that they need to try to do this because it signals not just to Russ, not just to the team, signals to the whole league, the free agents that might want to come here that we are like super committed to winning and winning now. Yeah. And that we we are now we are now Saints North. We are going to mortgage our future. We're going to use every cap trick in the book to load our roster up and go after champ go after rings. Saints it Russ, up. Russ Russ wants three more rings. We're going to do it. This was actually like I think like the best thing Jake said which is that this is like a a league-wide signal that hey, this team is for going for it. They are for real. And I really like that. So I, I really hope that they push this, that this is an internal push to, to make this happen and that they commit and they say, hey, Russ, this 15 million that we saved, who do you want us to get? What offensive lineman? And if he says Teron Armstead, that's who we go get, right? Like that, that's the kind of like level of commitment I want to make, not just to the team, but to Russ. Um, I don't want, and like I said, screw up the cap. Who cares? You, you, there are plenty of tricks you can use to fix it, and you'll just have like one really garbage year, like the Saints are going to have this year, right? They're going to be like four and thirteen. I hate saying those seventeen game records. <laughs> you always got to be. They're going to be like four and thirteen though, and they'll they'll have the you know a top five pick, but they'll draft a quarterback, and then they'll try to restart with that around that quarterback, and that's how you do it. That's how you got to do it. Yeah, you just got to have a couple down years, and you don't want to be like the Bengals or the Jets. You know, those are teams that stay perpetually down because they have bad organizational structures. You want to have a good organizational structure that can quickly recover. And would you be surprised if Sean Payton came back in like two years after the, the bad years were over? Not I was thinking about that. To surprised. Uh, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, is he just taking like a two year break while letting his assistant up his coach? career average? <laughs> and then and then and then he's gonna be like, Oh, you guys drafted uh I don't know who the who the really good quarterback coming up in two years is Spencer Rattler. I, that's not it. That's not the guy. But you man, you draft stretch out to Spencer Rattler. I'm ready to come back now. You know, it's like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah. Whoever whoever Ohio State or Alabama or somebody has just like the lights out starter and uh they pick him up and he's like, you know, this guy reminds me a lot of Drew Brees. 
Retirement, <laughs> retirement was good, but I can't wait to get in here and get my hands dirty again. All right, here we go. You guys ready? We're going to do uh, – now we're going to do some re-signings. These are players that I think are significant free agents for Seattle, and I'll go in order from most – should I go least to most important or most to least important? Let's go most to least because you want to think like about high cap to low cap. Okay, sure then. Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown is available to you for two years, $20 million. So lower your cap amount by about $10 million. I was going to say nine, nine, nine in the first year, 11 in the second year, something like that. Uh, Eric, you re-signing Dwayne, bringing him back two years? Oh, my immediate thought is no. Um, I don't know how much Dwayne Brown has left in the tank. How many games did he play this year? I don't have the stats up. Did he play all season? Did he just miss one game? Dwayne Brown played 969 snaps. He missed two games? Oh, out of a a 17-game season, that's, that's pretty good. Are we're lowering? Are are you giving me an extension option that will lower our cap? Is that what you're saying? He no, no, he's, he's a free he's a, he's a free agent. He is a free just, agent. You, you can just you can just sign Dwayne Brown. Not signing to, him. He's out to fourteen and a half million dollars in guarantees. Two years, twenty million. He looks like he did not miss a week. He just missed portions of. Uh, wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine was the buy. Was nine the buy? Yep. Mine was the buy. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15. Yeah, he was in every game. Did we just not run a lot of offensive plays? Oh, yeah, we didn't. All right. I'm not, I don't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> um, okay. All right. All right. You're not resigning. You're not, not resigning. I'm fast. not because honestly, I think we, we put the key right there. We did not have Russell Wilson for a majority of the season this year. And when we did have him, there were times where he was, you know, uh, the pin it to win it was not in it. So he wasn't throwing the ball right. And, uh, I don't. I don't know how much much more Dwayne Brown has left. I don't like that two year deal. I'm out. Okay, Kevin, what about you? Um, my fourteen issue... and a half million in guarantees. So you're giving him, you know, I don't know, nine the first year and like eleven the second year. My issue is where that's for his age thirty seven and thirty eight season. That's difficult, and so I feel like we could take that money out on the market and go get um, another guy who can give us similar production and is younger. So is a little bit like, I don't know. Are, are we taking a huge downgrade if we go give part of that money to Riley Reef? Are we taking a huge downgrade to go give that money to Trent Brown? I don't really think I think, so. I, I think those guys are significantly worse, but there's a chance Dwayne just falls off a cliff. Yeah, that's the, and this might have been the, the beginning real, of that because yes. it was a significantly worse season for him. That's the thing is if you go get Eric Fisher or Trent Brown, they're probably really – Fisher's probably – little more expensive but brown is probably a really similar deal to be honest with you because mm-hmm. he's gonna because he's gonna want to to do that but that if you take go get one of those guys like the biggest thing about trent brown is like what's the most snaps he's played in a season like 550 like this guy is just um, yeah i heard a lot hurt a lot and i i don't know if i want to do that but he is a starting left tackle like he's uh that and eric fisher could be good too he's pretty he's 31 but he's you know probably like 15 million a year yeah you could just take the join brown money put add a little bit in and, and go get eric fisher also I, yeah i would rather i'd rather not commit the money to Dwayne brown on a resign because i also think it's one of those things where he might be sitting out there for a while to get a contract because i don't think that's a big market for 37 year old you could see you could see one of those situations too where he just waits and then at the end of free agency or at the end of the right before the season starts someone's like all right get Dwayne in here for for one year, $10 million fully guaranteed, right? right. It's, just, it's like, okay. All right, Quandre Diggs. 
do you want to go get Quandre Diggs? Quandre Diggs is available to you for three years, $30 million, 16 and a half in guarantees. Going to cost you about $8 million in the first year. Uh, I think Eric started with Dwayne Brown. So, Kevin, what, what do you think? Quandre. Uh, $10 million a year puts him kind of right between Jordan Poyer and Marcus May, which feels about like market correct for him. Um. The only problem is that, like, that teamed up with Jamal Adams means we're paying our safeties a ton. But I don't think that having spent a lot of money on Jamal Adams should preclude me from picking a player in digs that is, like, an extremely good complimentary piece to him. So I'm spending that money. I'm going to do 330 for digs. All right. Eric, what are you going to do? Are you going to do 330 for digs? I'm also doing 330 for digs. I like Quandre quite a bit. I think he adds a lot to this team. I he's 29 years old, so I would imagine that he can come back from his injury. We haven't really talked about this on the podcast, and I know you guys will disagree with me. I really hate the acquisition of Jamal Adams. Unless this year we we turn him into something that is just a super plus for this team. So, did you see what Clint Hurt said about Jamal Adams? No. He said the number one priority is using him correctly. Okay. Uh, which is correct. It should yeah. be the number one priority. Like the the thing that sucked about our defense last two years is that we went in, we got Jamal Adams, like one a premier position player at a kind of offbeat position, right? Mm-hmm. And then we just didn't know what to do with him. It seemed like we had no clue uh, what to do with him. And um, yeah, he also said Pete's going to let him coach. Uh, that sh- getting Sean Desai was a home run, exactly what they needed. And I do think that's true because Sean Desai plus Adams should be really good. I'm not saying it's going to work out. I'm optimistic usually, right? But I agree. So far, the Jamal Adams thing's been a disaster. Yeah, and I, the only reason I'm bringing it up is because <laughs> it's a it's a right as of right now. And if it continues the way it's gone, it's an unmitigated disaster. It's the one of the worst trades in Seahawks history. Well, the, the I completely reason I bring agree. it up is because Kevin said we're spending too much on our safeties, and I'm like, yeah, that's and on the surface, it's because you know. Jamal Adams listed as a safety, but then it makes me think, wow, that's where could we spend that money elsewhere? And then I start to spiral. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, mean, I would bring Quandre back to answer your question. Yeah. And, th- and that's the thing is that it's, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, it, Adams is a unique player. And so you really have to think about how you want to use him. And it, the way that we just kind of threw him out there and had him pass rush a whole bunch and just did ran seemingly kind of random stuff with him is, yeah, there was no plan. It's frustrating. It was frustrating to watch. It felt like it, it made the move feel desperate in a way that um, you makes know, it look bad. Sap, sapped all of my excitement out of it. <laughs> yeah, um, just to kind of dive a little deeper in there, if you don't mind. Um, her talked about more like uh, aggressive coverage, which means probably like more man and more like matchup zone, which again means like intentionally having Adams cover certain people that his skill set complements covering like certain types of tight ends and stuff. Um, having more of a hybrid 4-3-3-4 having... look means that he can blitz from linebacker positions instead of always having to blitz from safety. I would not be surprised if we saw him playing like some edge almost, you know, like just having him line up as the outside linebacker in a formation. In a 3-4, where can, yeah. Where he can either go with the go with the um the slot receiver or he could pop out into the into the flat or or come in with a with a blitz that's that's not going to be something he they can use him a lot of different ways and if they don't get creative with him and figure out how to use him then like i said worst trade worst trade in seahawks history very depressing uh to draft a guy that or to go get a guy that really is 
quite talented and just kind of completely misuse him for for five years or whatever it'll end up being. Okay, Gerald Everett, three years, and I'm using the numbers from the Pro Football Focus uh, uh, free agency guide. So if you you could strongly disagree with these if you want, but this uh, you know these are some in- industry numbers. They w- they watch every contract. So. <laughs> so. Actually, my favorite my favorite national football podcast is a is a PFF podcast. It's two PFF, PFF guys. It's um too high podcast with Deontay Lee. That and, one's uh, good. It, it the only thing I don't like about it is the audio quality is uh, questionable at times. <laughs> well, Deontay says he records outside, which is which is a choice. Honestly, I feel like that just makes them our spirit animal. Uh-huh. But uh, but I mean they're they're cool. They're cool guys, and I I really like the way that they they approach it from like a coaching scouting perspective, especially because they're PFF guys, which everyone just assumes are going to be all numbers dudes, but they don't care about numbers at all, which I kind of love. Uh, okay, anyway, Gerald Everett, three years, twenty five point five, fourteen million in guarantees, bringing him back for eight and a half a year with those kind of guarantees. You're going to have to give him probably like seven or eight of them in the first year, maybe even more. All right. Uh, it was Eric's turn to go first. Eric, Gerald Everett, bringing him back. 325. Yes. Yes. Oh, if we, man. if we don't sign Gerald Everett, we then have to find a tight end either through the draft, which is probably the easiest and cheapest way, or we have to go out and find another tight end that does things very well for us. Gerald Everett was a really good player for us. He had one really terrible game. He did have some other troughs. <laughs> very terrible Ooh, game. Yeah. It uh, was a Gerald Everett, game. no good, very bad game. But ultimately, I think he was just a great fit for this team. And I I loved what I saw from him and in in just about every facet. So, yeah, he's a resign for me. All right, Kevin, what do you think? Uh, he's not for me. Um, I think that uh, I want to go out and spend a smaller amount of money on the guy who I think is in the same position as him. So like I'd rather go out and like see if OJ Howard or Jordan Atkins has a little bit more to provide. Um, yeah, this is a really deep tight end free agency class. Like not only the, the top deep end, tight end draft, the top end is really good. Like Gasicki's good. Dalton Schultz is good. Gronk is obviously the Gronk. And then you got guys with like, Upside that potential in Joku, Ertz, Gerald Everett, I'd put in this category, Evan Ingram. And you got guys who are just like solid Max Williams, CJ Ozama, Robert Tunyon, OJ Howard. Like, I don't know. I kind of like your idea of just kind of taking whoever's left over in this in this case. Although, as Eric said, we do know already Gerald Everett is an extremely good scheme fit. And so it's tough. I think that there's merit to both sides of this. Uh, another thing that sure. decides this for me is looking at Seahawk tight end history and being ultimately disappointed and how this year I wasn't. And what about, Eric, what I have to say to you is jet rule jet for it. Uh, what about Mo? Al- yeah, no jet sweeps with your other. <laughs> what about Mo Alley Cox guys? We could just get him. He's huge. Have you seen that guy? He's, he's he, really he is. I watched a lot unit. of, uh, I watched a lot of games. I watched like three games two years ago with him. And it was like, uh, this guy should be good. Heat. Uh, that, that's my review of Moelle Cox. I wouldn't mind like just like throwing like three million dollars at, at like Jared Cook either. I don't know. There's like there's like a lot of good options. Anyway, uh, and Brandon Shell on that position. Y'all didn't bring back Dwayne Brown. Are we going to need two new tackles? Brandon Shell available to you for three years, nineteen million dollars. Kevin, what are you, you going to do? Uh, so at three years, nineteen million dollars, that's not a horrendous contract for a swing tackle. 
And so I like the idea of bringing him back as um, a reliable starter on the right side. Um, his health makes me want to find somebody to take his job from him, but I don't mind paying him to be our backup left and right tackle as well as our starting right tackle. We can't get somebody better. You want you want Jake Curran and Stone Forsyth to take his gerb? Uh, no, I want somebody better than Jake Curran to take his job. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, Eric, what do you... Uh... What are you thinking yes. about Brandon Show? Three nineteen. That's a that is a that is that is deals on wheels. And I would also it feels like a good it feels like a good number PFF gave us there. Right? Yeah, it like, really does. If I, I think he's going to get more, but I would like to get Shell back now. If it if the realistic number is something like three twenty four, three three thirty, no. Um, anything above that number kind of makes me start to pump the brakes. But right now, that's a resign. All right, uh, DJ Reed, three years, $24 million. Uh, Kevin, what do you think? That's a snap keep for me. I think um, I think DJ Reed is genuinely a good corner who is trending up. Getting him for three years means getting him for um, what's probably going to be uh, the, uh, the best three years of his career. Um, his injury history scares me a little bit, but $8 million for a starting cornerback that we know um, can work in the system and uh, work well is, is a value for me um, under 10 million for him, I think is definitely worth keeping him. Eric, what are you thinking about DJ Reed? I agree. At some point when you look at these, these free agents and who do you want to keep, who do you want to get rid of? Where can we, where can we find talent on the open market? Uh, resigning shell was, Hey, we already, we already lost one offensive lineman. Are you going to lose them both? With DJ Reed, like, yeah, this is an upcoming guy. He's 25 years old. He's shown that he's a good corner. We thought that, you know, our, we had to find a whole new cornerback in class this year, more or less. And I really like the idea of retaining Reed. It's a, this is so, I'm so uh, uh, on the opposite side of this from you guys. It's oh. insane. Um, we, is it the injuries? We, we got so many good snaps out of guys who probably are fringe NFL talents this year. Blessing Austin. Uh, who else? Uh, Sydney, Sydney Jones. Jones. Uh, John Reed. Like all these guys that are just like fringe NFL talents that I don't want to overpay a guy who can't even barely stay on the field. You know, like that is going to be out four or five weeks a year. And – especially because the guys who replaced him played, you know, nearly as good. Do I think that DJ Reed is a good football player? Yes. If you guaranteed me he was going to play, uh, you know, 18 games every season um, or 17 games every season, I hate it so much, uh, then, yeah, sure, keep him around. But I don't think he, the the step up from DJ Reed, I'd rather spend that money on either getting a cornerback that I think is better than DJ Reed or just piling up a big pile of, mediocre guys like we did last year and letting them fight it out be uh, across from Trey Brown, of course, who I think um, is the chosen one. I think this is also me being really bullish on Trey Brown in general. I do think Trey Brown was a really good and a great and be a great scheme fit. Also was hurt last year. So maybe I should cool my jets on that one. All right. Do you want to bring in some interior offensive line depth? (laughs) Ethan Postage is available for three years, 12 million. Eric. Ethan Postage. Uh, I've been reading up on the should we resign Ethan Postage articles. Three years, twelve million. 
four million. That's nothing a year. too. It's That's like nothing. it's like not. It's I mean, really low, but it's also Ethan Posage. <laughs> oh jeez, for one position, he is a player at. Jeez, <laughs> I mean, he can play. He played guard and tackle, and um, he didn't do any of them exceptionally poorly. He was okay at all of them when he was on the field. This is so. If honestly, three years, twelve million. Yeah, sure. You got it. Eric's trying to spend all his money before he gets to. I am. Agents. No, you know, you know what? Looking forward to this. You sure podcast, you don't want to go? You sure you don't want to go up, back up, and sign Dwayne Brown too? <laughs> <laughs> Looking at this podcast, it made me think of remember a couple years ago when we had some free agency money, and it was like, oh, it's all going back into free agents. That is that is a real possibility that's going to happen here, and there are players that we that we said resign that the Seahawks won't, and then they'll resign like. Brown. So look forward to that, Seahawks fans. Um, yeah, for depth, yeah, why not? Unless now here's the thing. If Kevin is certain that we can get depth for the same price, then yeah, I'm out. Like on the free agent market is what I'm saying. But I think that that's that's probably the depth is probably going to be of similar talent and cost if it's like a guy postage is like coach is like a as much um, you really think you're gonna find like like I think that three guy who can back up a guy who can back up multiple positions like that is gonna get like like three years at eight million dollars. You think so? Four million dollars a year in free agency. Fine, fine. So, then let's let's not do it. Then if that's if that's the way you guys are trending, I'm always. I, I think it will cost about the same. Offensive line always you. just goes way higher than we think. So if you guys are confident, then then I'll save this. Offensive money. line is very expensive. You know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll just pricey. No one else is gonna pick them up, so I can always pick them up in free agency if if I absolutely have to. So there you go. <laughs> That's so rude to him. Yeah, well, he's it's not so, listening. So, so he, disrespectful. He, he has to, he has to like climb down twelve feet to get to these little headphones, and then put regular size headphones in. His and ear. another thing too is, is like the guys that were available last off season to play center, Blythe and Reader, were both like pretty, really very not not good or didn't play last year. Um, so that's that's another thing is I feel like he just earned himself a little extra money just by being available more, you know, but it, I mean, for, for a veteran that is actually useful, uh, for, you know, $4 million, $3 million is about the baseline. I think Kevin, you saying no also then, uh, I thought it was 4 million four. total for three years. And then I was in, but no, I'm not going to pay no, him 4 million a year. Three twelve. Yeah. I, no, no one's that signing is ten a, more than I'm willing to pay. <laughs> no one's, no one's signing a multi-year deal for one point one three million dollars. I know. No, <laughs> like maybe you could get, maybe you can get guy to sign a one-year, like one and a half million dollars. We're deal. we're like, an impasse between me and Posich because I want to pay him like he's not an NFL player and he wants to be an NFL player. So I, mean, I think he will get paid like he's an NFL player for sure. But uh, I, I'm fine with it if you get some if. As long as we're clear that Posich is a backup at three positions and is not expected to be a starter for any of them, like if it's purely a depth signing, but if they sign Posich to play center next year and do not bring in any other options at center, uh, um, I will be extremely disappointed in the I'll Seattle be, I'll be honest. That's the other thing is like, you know, when your kid has like the pair of shoes they've grown out of but they keep wanting to wear them because they have dinosaurs on them or whatever. And so you bought new shoes, but they keep putting on the old ones. So you just throw the old ones away on garbage day so that they can't possibly get them back. 
so that they'll wear the new shoes because like they're harming their feet if they continue wearing the old ones. That's what I'm doing with Ethan, Ethan Postage. I am taking him away. I am throwing him off the roster so that Pete cannot keep starting him because he is used up and it is hurting our offensive line. <laughs> All right. How about uh, Rashad Penny, which PFF says, I do not agree with this one either, but here we go. They say he will be available for one million, one year, $2 million. <laughs> yes. I'll just write, Can we I'll just write down twice? I'll just write down yes for both of you guys right now because there's no way that's happening. But yes, I also agree one, two. Okay, more realistically, would you sign him for one, six? Yes. No. Ooh, no. how about – so, Ken, what's your line? Is it like five, four and a half? Four. Four, okay. I think Oof. I think I'm in at any number below – six or below. Six is about the limit for me. Uh, but to be honest, the way he finished the season, there's no way someone – he's going for one, two. It's just not happening. I could see one-year deal, but it is going to be way more than that. Uh, just a weird expectation. All right, uh, Rasheem Green, 212. Uh, Kevin, you can go first. Um, I'm in. Yeah. Um, I think it switched, especially with talks of having a more multiple four, three, three, four hybrid look, I think he's an ideal end in that kind of system. Um, he has a lot of flexibility because if he's playing like over a guard or between a guard and a tackle, he has the size and strength to stand up to that. He was an extremely young draft pick. He's just coming into the core of his career. This is a guy where if we let him walk, I think we're going to end up. Um, it's it's going to be like, oh, cool. I'm glad we paid. We drafted and paid for the worst years of his career. And now he's going to go somewhere else and be better for the next six years. I want him to do better for us for the next six years. Eric, do you agree? Or are you out on Sheem? No, Sheem? I agree. Just adding on to Kevin, like even if you, if you take his, the worst years of his career, they were still pretty good. Um, 24 years old. I like him quite a bit. Now there is a chance that we resign him and national media thinks he's a free agent because they can't say his name. That's so, true. We didn't resign Raheem Green. Yeah. Or, 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 or Rashad Green. Greb. Is, or it, or Ray Sean. Ray Ray McGreen Green. If we resign him is. and Rashad Green, do we get a price break? Uh, no, they each get one of the years at six months. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell. I I like him honestly. He's young. He that's a good price for him. I I kind of hope he goes that low. Yeah, uh, I think he will because he hasn't really proven anything big in the NFL level yet. But the his youth will get him some amount of decent money on a shorter deal because some team will try to onboard him into you know staying with them if he does turn out to be good. I can't see him signing more than a two-year deal anywhere, though, just because you got to bet on yourself at some point, right? If he signs more than a two-year deal, I don't want him because that means he doesn't think he he doesn't think he's good, <laughs> right? But if if he signs to like two twelve and he has a like a half breakout, then next offseason I want to re-sign him to try and buy up more of those years at a bigger number for sure. Sure, I could see that. Like the thing is, if he's if he's like, hey, yeah, I'll sign for four twenty, it's like, uh, no. Go somewhere else. So you, you think would blaze you him off the roster for that? <laughs> you, you think you suck. <laughs> you don't believe in yourself. Why should I believe in you? All right, Al, Al Woods, 1-3. Uh, you, you, you want one more ride? Last dance with Al Woods, Eric? Right, this is this is posed to me specifically. At 1-3. <laughs> he, is, he is only on here because of you. He made one, two and a half this year. I'm giving him a raise because he was actually pretty good. Yeah, at 1-3, at I would I would resign. Because I, I feel like any of the any of the other comparable signings are going to be 
around that range. So yeah, one to three. One for three, I'll do it. Okay. Come on back out. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Uh, I think Eric just said it. Any comparable signing is going to be around that range. So I'm going to keep the money to see what I can get. Because I might oh. want to uh, go up to like a uh, Akeem Hicks or something to fit the new defensive scheme. And so I want to keep some flexibility on my cap. Okay. So that's it. So Eric, you are leaving free agency with, whoa, whoa, or you are whoa, entering, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're entering free agency. What? Oh, Phil my. beefy boy Haynes. I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one, one, you can just have him. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking him. Yeah. <laughs> He's he, I'm sure he'll spend all of the year disappointing us from the, from the uh, injury report. Hey, traditions. So, okay. traditions. Kev, Eric, <laughs> Eric, you are leaving, you are entering free agency, bringing back Quandre Diggs, Gerald Everett, Brandon Shell, DJ Reed, Rashad Penny, Rasheem Green, and Al Woods with $24 million in cap space. Uh, Kevin, you are bringing back uh, Quandre, Shell, Reed, Penny, and Green, and you have thirty-five million dollars in cap space. Um, that's it. That's um. So Kevin has twenty-four because of the eleven the Seahawks are just going to keep for no reason, <laughs> and I have, and have thirteen. Good to know. Correct. All right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. The Seahawks are going to keep money for no reason again because they want to watch out for void years and snakes all right so there are many ways to support the seahawks nest podcast the best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash seahawks nest and for as little as a dollar 24 a month get access to our discord and all of the fun in-season extra podcasts we put out uh we don't do any in the off season sorry uh thanks to andy brett do it all for the two chief flock to miss greta james jose carrie lucas ryan timothy tom emmanuel astro blake Blake from Washington Fish Quest, greatest YouTube channel about fishing that of all time. Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Leon, Michelle, Michael, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Andy. Oh no, Andy, Brandon, Nick. There we go. Okay, and uh, yeah, everyone who's hanging out uh, in the Discord, so keeping me uh, keeping me sane in these uh, these trying times. So our. Uh... <laughs> Our fave five this week. I forgot about this until now. Our fave, uh, this week, Uncharted dropped, how, and I how said, could you forget said, about it? I said, I said, Uncharted dropped, and I said, Oh, we could do. I said we could do fave five video game movies, and then I said, Wait, there's not five good video game movies. So then, oh, then I was like, you face. Uh, yeah, sure. I love Sonic the Hedgehog, um, but uh, we could. What we could do. Is we could do five, five, five Wahlbergs. And so I thought we'll start it off. Um, I'll get in here. Wait, real quick I'm for a- video game movies. Can I claim that the greatest video game movie of all time is just a supercut of every Raul Julia scene from the from the Street Fighter movie? Um, I mean, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Okay, so let's let's start with uh, the Marky Mark. I'm going to go with the Marky Mark workout form focused fitness. <laughs> uh I'm going to read the description for you guys. It says a shirtless, shiny, and ultra buff Marky Mark provides plenty of eye candy as well as useful muscle building techniques. The video covers stretching machines, free weights, and proper nutrition with music perform- uh, produced and performed by Donnie Wahlberg. And uh, the <laughs> number one review on Letterboxd says this is essentially a lost Dirk Diggler video, which I completely agree with. I think that that is a great description of this movie. And uh, yeah, so into the Fave 5 goes... What was it called again? Marky well, Form you're, Fitness. You're really putting that in your fave five. <laughs> no, goes Boogie Nights. You. That was his joke for saying that. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to do Boogie Nights though. Uh, what you have? What, to, if we're talking okay, there, about such a great actor, we have to take this seriously. Okay, we have to take seriously. it seriously. 
we can't do Mar- the Marky Mark workout form focus. You can't fitness. just put three kings in there three times. I'm just saying you're you're now you're now devaluing okay. uh, the the Fave Five Forever things. Okay, well that's is that is the movie I wanted to put in though. Three Kings, 1999, David O. Russell. It, it's good to be king. Three Kings is um is actually really good. Uh, Mark Wahlberg actually puts in like a mildly emotional performance, which is weird uh, because he's. It, everything's really good about this movie. The performances, cinematography, the editing. David O. Russell's just a really good director. Apparently, he's like a huge dick, but I mean, I I don't know. It doesn't hurt my enjoyment of this movie. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, three Kings into the Fave Five. Eric, what's going in for you? Is it time for me now? Um, yeah, Transformers start, uh, The Last Night. <laughs> uh, Transformers Age of Extinction. Wait, wait, wait how, how many of these Transformers was he in? Was he in two of them? I don't know. Yeah, Rock he's just in two of them. Daddy's Star. home. Patriots Day. Two guns because one Scoob. gun wasn't enough. Scoob. Uh, I would. I, Max Payne. I knew you were going to say Three Kings because <laughs> I know that you're OG on Three Kings, Nathan. Um, mm-hmm. For that reason, I am putting in Boogie Nights. It's a Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson movie. It is, I think the the best acting from Mark Wahlberg while still being someone. It's a movie where you see Mark Wahlberg, but the funny scenes in this are very Mark Wahlbergy, but the the good acting is like you know the the tense situation with um oh, Dude, geez, him getting remember. the playoff of John C. Riley and Julianne Moore oh, so works good. really well. When he plays off Julianne Moore, it's 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 really great acting because the dynamic between them it's pretty messed up and weird and gross, and uh, they play Dude. that so well together. Who's well, the Philip Seymour Hoffman? Hey. What, do you know what the most insane thing about this movie is? Hmm. Pa- Paul Thomas Anderson, when this movie was made, was 26 years old. Ugh. How? I'm so old. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine, like, doing something this good and, like, coherent and stuff when you were 26? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yuck. That's nu- that's nuts, dude. This That is like uh, – But that tense scene with Tom Jane and Thomas uh, – uh, the, 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 Yeah, Thomas, Thomas Jane, the Punisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say um uh Alfred Molina. I could not remember his name. That is because you remember you may not remember Alfred Molina is in this movie. Um when they're trying to uh rip off that guy for the cocaine. Just That's a weird scene too. That's really yes, good. And but it's very dark. It changes the tone of the movie. It's like the immediate 180 that the movie takes. Um you know what's yeah, coming. Well, you start seeing the downfall of Dirk Diggler. Yeah, and it's starting to steer that way, you know, before that. I just Great movie, great performances, and Mark Wahlberg deserves to be at the top there. Dude, do you want to hear my favorite Letterbox review for this movie? Yes. I'm sick of how everyone makes their little jokes on Letterbox. This isn't a joke to me. (laughs) 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 I I appreciate that. That was good. Go ahead, Kevin. Um, Okay, so since we are – gosh, this is kind of hard. There's a few movies that I think really deserve to be here. Um I think there's two pretty clear ones that uh, I think we would pick together. And so I kind of have to decide between the other three, which one I want to put in. So uh, how, about, I, how about how about train spotting X Space Jam, a.k.a. Basketball Diaries? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Space spotting. Um, I'm going to put in uh, a movie that I think is the height of um the type of movie that I could see and should see Mark Wahlberg make like every two or three years. And that is the Italian job remake. 
So 2003's Italian Job. Um, this is an actiony movie where he plays. Um, I mean, he's playing a Michael Caine character. Um, he plays like a cocky criminal, which could also just be cocky ex-military, which could also be cocky current military. Um, Italian Job is my placeholder for Italian Job, Shooter, Mile Twenty Two, um, like just like a three out of five action movie that he should be making consistently. Okay. But does it age the movie a lot when they constantly talk about Napster? Yes. Yes, the which Napster still exi- running gag is definitely uh, <laughs> which, a thing which that still happens. Ex- <laughs> still exists, by the way. I I, uh, I was looking the other day at like which which because I wanted to switch from Spotify. I was like, which streaming music service gives the most money to artists was the thing that was important to me because I read an article about how like Spotify doesn't give any money to the artists and Napster was number one. <laughs> That's I was like hilarious. My, my, my response to that was Napster still exists. <laughs> <laughs> where did where did, no where did LimeWire rank in that? Exactly. Or, where was uh, Audio uh, Galaxy? How about the Pirate Bay? How much royalties do they get? Teaming up with MySpace. Uh, uh, yeah, it was super super weird for me, but yeah, I ended up getting. I ended up. Um, I'm leaning towards Title right now. So there you go. <laughs> so yeah, I'm uh, putting in uh, the Italian job. I I think that that movie is maybe not his best movie but it kind of summarizes the mark Wahlberg experience for me all right i think there's four movies we have to choose from for the last two spots you guys oh, ready it's gonna be yep. so hard there's a, you mean okay. you mean okay. one four three movies for one spot go ahead because here we go we got the depotted we got the fighter we have the other guys and we have a pain and gain i think those are like the four like you could make an argument for these four movies to be in there. You can argue for other ones if you want. And Ted, Ted is actually funnier than it has any right to be, considering Correct. how stupid that movie is. Um, it makes me laugh. It's actually funny. The happening is not as bad as people make it out to be. Uh, it's it's fine aggressively. Deepwater Horizon is actually just like a solid movie, but I just don't care about the subject matter well, at all. Like, I, that's why I said Patriot Day, Deepwater Horizon, Four Brothers. They're all Italian job, and I did Italian job already, so we don't have to worry about uh, those ones. Two two Spencer, guns, uh, Spencer Confidential. Two guns and four. Two guns and four brothers uh, are both really solid. Uh, like action movies. I really that's a like total four of brothers. eight guns. If all four brothers, that's have a lot guns. of that's a lot of guns. Um, I think that's about all the ones that I think are worth mentioning. I mean, so I'm sure someone's going to be mad I didn't say Invincible. So there. Uh, <laughs> but if you're mad I didn't say Contraband, don't just shut the podcast off. Hey, the, cast, <laughs> the casting of Dick Vermeil and Invincible kind of. All right, makes so I'm going to add. Up. I'm actually going to add Four Brothers to the possible movies because, and I'm going to just get rid of Pain and Gain because, like, I think it's like a interesting turn, serious like movie, but that movie has like the least amount of humor. Um, people some people are like like i don't understand this movie is just a movie for someone who hates everyone (laughs) that's that's who that movie is for it's a movie for people who just hate everyone all right okay i'm gonna go through so these four movies again are the other guys four brothers the departed and the fighter do we all agree that that's that's a fair four i think so sure and I, right. I, I think I'd even I be think, willing to remove four brothers from that, but I'm good either way. Oh, I think we should nuke the fighter because we already have a, the better superior David O. Russell, Mark Wahlberg movie. See, now the fighter is in, in my list. Like if I have okay. to pick two, two movies because we keep mm-hmm. dancing around this, I'm just going to say my two movies are the other guys and the fighter. The fighter is a great movie. Uh, he he holds his own against Christian Bale. That's a great Mark Wahlberg movie. It's a great movie. Um, I think it, des- it deserves to be in that that top five. 
Why didn't Amy Adams get an Oscar for this movie? There you go. Thank yeah, you. I it's agree. like it's like a it's like a huge problem I have with this movie is like her her performance is just disrespected uh too too much. A lot of great also, performances in great, this and Mark Wahlberg is in there. Great joke I heard of this one is the um <laughs> since Christian Bale's a Christian Bale's a method actor, do you think he did crack to prepare for this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean it definitely looks like it. Okay, so okay, let's let's so okay, wait, you said the other guys is clearly in. Kevin, is the other guys clearly in for you as well? Yeah, I think it represents uh his best comedic work and for that reason it should be in. And as far as All the right. podcast goes, I mean, come on, it's like it's the official movie, the podcast. All right, well, congratulations to Dirty Mike and the boys. You're in. Uh so, My so now, <laughs> <laughs> uh okay. So we got so we've got uh, the fighter, the departed, and the four brothers. So we have yeah. the fighter, a movie where he uh, like plays a significant role and is playing off two very good talents and holding his own. The departed, where he is playing a small role but extremely memorably. Yes. And four brothers, a movie that I already claimed that I covered with the Italian job. Um, and I I don't care for four brothers personally. That's well, come on, Andre three thousand is one of the brothers. I think it's yes. another three out of and five. He'll be, and like, he'll be in stop. his the Andre three thousand eliminator will probably have that movie on it. Uh, okay, how about this? If you substituted Splinter for the old lady, this is the greatest Ninja Turtles movie of all time. <laughs> That's correct, though. <laughs> That's just all an right. accurate review. I don't even know. Right. I don't even see the joke. All right, fine. I'll just I'll just get rid of four brothers. Okay, so so all right, we are got... we doing uh, the fighter or the departed for the fifth spot because uh, the other guys is in. Okay, yeah, the other guys is in. We already put it in. We already congratulated Dirty Mike and the boys. I okay between these two movies, um, I'm not going to argue which one's the better movie. I think these movies are are roughly equivalent in my mind, um, but I just love what Mark Wahlberg is doing in the departed <laughs> so much more, channeling his just inner Boston a hole mm-hmm. to the maximum degree, I and want, I just you feel like to give him a script at all. Um, just the way that you he know, says, Eric, I'm like, the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. <laughs> the way they, they everyone says Costello in this movie, <laughs> it, and I I don't know, especially him, and I just you know I don't know, and he also he's the other guy in this movie too, so. <laughs> he even says it himself. So, so am I. So I'm breaking the tie between the departed and the fighter. Eric, would you prefer the departed or the fighter? How about we give the them fighter. number ratings? The fighter. Okay, is it is it by a lot or a little? Uh, it's by a lot because Kevin said it perfectly. Uh, a movie where he's the number one star hanging with other stars, or where he's in a smaller role hanging with great stars. And I just think, as far as Mark Wahlberg movies go, it's the fighter. Also, I like, I think I probably watched The Departed more, but it's not because of Mark Wahlberg. Whereas The right. Fighter, it's all three actors. Are you ready, gentlemen? Um, do you think, do you, how, okay, wait, one more thing about The Departed. Sorry, Kevin. Because I think like the, the reason I like The Departed is because it feels like real Mark Wahlberg. He even says a racial slur in this movie. Okay, that, that, with that. an Asian guy? That's because he's not <laughs> acting in the movie. This is a documentary with, of Mark Wahlberg if he exact, was a police officer. Exactly. <laughs> I hand Maybe it over not. to you, Kevin. Maybe fucking... No, we're picking we're picking the fighter, right, Kevin? Uh, actually, I'm gonna boot the Italian job as my choice, and we're taking the Departed and the fighter. <laughs> yes, um, I love wow. So that I love was it. actually my plan the entire time. The sun um, but I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I think that Mark Wahlberg should be in a bunch of three out of five action movies. <laughs> oh, have any uh, more thing? Have either you guys seen the the Lovely Bones? I have, I, I have seen the Lovely Bones. Is it is it any good? I've never seen it, but it's got Saoirse Ronan and and Mark Wahlberg in it, so I feel like it can't be too. It's directed bad. by Peter Jackson. What the heck? 
It's directed by Peter Jackson. Apparently, it had there's a cut that has like a fat Ryan Gosling in it, but they cut Ryan Gosling <laughs> out of the movie. Wow, I'm not joking. I'm, this is all real oh, things that I know. We should watch this all for the Tucci. Oh, oh. this is a. All right, we're gonna have to watch this in the off season and do it for. Let me do the Tucci Eliminator top five. I got. If the I'm in, I'm in Easy Air Eliminator. Easy A, the Devil Wears Prada, Spotlight, the Terminal. And, He's the best uh, thing about the Hunger Games. Uh, yeah, but I don't like those movies. I, hey, I'm not putting that movie in. I'm not even telling you what movies in. You have and to burlesque. Wait. Oh, Julie and Julia. No. The Pelican Brief. No. Wild card. Never, Wild card. Never Jason Statham. You, you guys will get it if you look at the list. But America's Sweethearts. All right, the Mark Wahlberg top five. <laughs> patient, patient, patient zero. Uh, All right, so uh, the Mark Chips, Wahlberg, Wahlberg top five. Was okay, uh, the fighter? Uh, it was the departed. It was the other guys, not the Italian job. The other guys, Boogie Nights, three Boogie Nights and Three Kings, yep. which is probably the obvious five before he started. So, for Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.